Welcome to Adventures in Behaviour Change, the Little Challenges podcast, with me, Katie Elliott. It's a place to find ideas, inspiration and practical tools to help make the messy business of being human just a little bit easier. Join us. My guest on today's show is Michael Owen, the founder and designer at Always Wear Red, a clothing brand whose aim is to create confidence. He's also the author of 50-odd, a blog he describes as daily mind food for anybody at all that is, was or plans to be 50-odd. It's my pleasure today to have on the show Michael Owen from Always Wear Red. Michael, hello. Good morning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I did a degree in furniture design. Then I started a little business making wooden things. And that ran for a couple of years. Then I spent 10 years helping people to start their businesses. Then I spent 15 years running my own suite of five or six communications businesses and creative agencies. And then I packed it all in at the age of 47 to run a fashion brand, which I'd never done before. And we had a baby at the same time. So I just ventured in my late 40s into this whirlwind of newness. <laughs> so there you go. That's me. A whirlwind of newness in your late 40s. That sounds great. I'm just, just entering my later 40s now. So I think a whirlwind of newness sounds pretty good. Um, tell me a bit about Always Wear Red. What's the idea behind it? Always Wear Red has a simple purpose and it's the creation of confidence. Um, so it's a fashion brand which wants to make you feel great because when you feel great, you do great. And if you do great things, you might end up doing that thing that you feel you were born to do. Because the older I get, the more people I meet, they're not doing what they're born to do. They're doing this thing. Oh, I really wish I could do this. And my answer is always very simple. Well, do it then. You know what I mean? Because we can come up with so many excuses not to do that thing we were born to do. So the short answer to your question about the fashion brand is it, it puts two notions together. One is when you wear something amazing, you think, wow bit of a swagger and the, the second notion is just do what you were born to do because life ain't that long um, so we create things that make people feel great so they do great that's it and when you say life ain't that long mm. uh, I know that you've also got a wonderful blog which I very much enjoy reading called 50 odd can you tell us a bit about that so when I was in my late 40s I said because when I'm 50 I'll be 50 and I'll still be odd because I've been odd for about 50 years now. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch this thing called 50 Odd, and I'm going to write one blog a day for 10 years. I hadn't really done the sum and worked out that it was like 3,650-ish blogs, one a day. Um, but that's what I'm doing. And, and really all I'm doing is chronicling the life of, of me being 50, my worries, my concerns, my ups, my downs. And I like it. And a few people that read it like it too. And there's that wonderful celebration of the fact that we, we act as if we have infinite amounts of time ahead of us. Mm. But realistically, I know on the blog, you've got some, some statistics there about the average lifespan of a man yeah. in the UK at this point. Yeah, I mean, the only one that, that, that a person needs to remember, I think, is a thousand months, because a thousand months is 83 and a half years, which actually is bang in the middle of 
of how long the average man and the average woman lives in the UK. So the average fella lives to 80 and a bit, and the average woman lives to about 86. So if you just keep in mind that, um, you know, when I reached 50, I'd, I'd lived 600 weeks of of a thousand. That's what I'm going to get. So I'm thinking, well, what are we going to do with them then? And it's quite sobering, <laughs> and it, it, it you know it focuses the mind. Thousand months. That's the thing to remember. Thousand months. I love that. So what I'd like to ask you about it, and we've talked about this a little bit before, because as you know about me, I'm um, I'm someone who's not very confident about all things visual. I'm somebody who's very auditory. So I like words and I like sounds. Mm. And um, I'm not so good at figuring out things that I can see. And that means that I'm not hugely confident about things like clothes and design. Mm. And I totally take your point that, that wearing beautiful things and feeling good about how you appear in the world can be transformative. Mm. But um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who has a bit of a stumbling block around that kind of thing. So if you were encouraging other people, let's say that there are other people listening who maybe are a bit like me and are a bit Mm. unconfident. So they might be listening to you talking about confidence in clothing and thinking, well, that's lovely. Yeah. (laughs) But where would I start? So how could you encourage us to feel a little Mm. bit braver and a little bit better? Well, there's a sentence that I said once and I get quoted on it now, which is, quite simply wear what you want no one's looking but then all of a sudden they are (laughs) and and it's based on the idea that I think if we if we overthink what we wear we blend in and because we're, we're trying to link it to something else you know if you're a goth or a rocker or a something it's really just one kind of uniform um but the world's full of individuals but not many people are individual and you can only be an individual, I think, if, if indeed that's what you would like to be considered as. If you start with what makes you feel nice, I think you have to switch off. Going back to your question about being confident, just don't worry about what other people say. Dress for yourself. It sounds really simple. The other thing I'll bolt onto that is within a fashion brand or a clothing brand, I always try to wonder who our muses are the people who influence us. And I'll just tell you this because it's a short story. Towards the end of 2018, I thought, I'm going to base what we do on the classically good looking or the classically attractive. So I started to collect imagery, thousands of images of Robert Redford, Paul Newman, Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. And I quite quickly got bored with all due respect to these people. But the point is, yeah, they look great. But I sometimes wondered, what else was there? Because I, I didn't read much that made me really interested in them as men and were a menswear brand. But this happened to me during the research. I stumbled across David Lynch mm-hmm. in what did Twin Peaks, etc. Yeah. And then I found myself, okay, I've done the Paul Newman thing. I've got some images of him. Robert Redford as well, and James Dean, of course, you know, that kind of shenanigans. They all look great in jeans and T-shirts. Then I looked at David Lynch, and I thought, he's an interesting-looking fella. Then I looked at some of the stuff he says, and I thought, he's a really interesting fella. And then I thought, what is it about him? Because he's not a classically good-looking guy. But, I mean, me as a straight guy, I was thinking, you know what? I find him fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I'd spent maybe half an hour having a look at Robert Redford, but two or three hours in, I was still exploring what it was about David Lynch that made him interesting. And then Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. And then 
is he called Matt Smith, the young man who played Doctor Who for a yep. little bit? I find these guys fascinating because they're not typically good looking, but they're quite magnetic. And coming back to, I think, one or two of the things that you've asked in the last five minutes, I don't imagine for a second that these guys dress for anybody else but themselves. It's that kind of person who has become my muse. I use three words to describe these people. Restless, creative, and awkward. <laughs> and that word awkward is perhaps the, the most important of all. Awkwardness is such an attractive thing, I think. And I think it's weird not to be weird. I really do. <laughs> because we're, we're, we're all weird. So if we slot into a stereotype, and you know, going back to the, the James Deans and the Marlon Brandos, they all look the same. They look great, but I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to look the same. I just want to be an individual. I'm sorry to ramble and wind and spin around this subject, but... Not at all. I'm enjoying it. So there's something about embracing your inner weirdness. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and restlessly creative, I think, is different than creative at a fundamental level because I'm never happy with where I am. And the little bit I know of you, you're the same. And there's this thing about, oh, well, if I can do it, it can't be that good then. So I'm constantly moving forward. So I'm awkward and I'm restless. And I, I think I'm creative because I'm constantly trying to do new things. But yeah, awkwardness is part of it. I like that. Well, that's totally reframed things for me. I, that, that's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> be, be awkward. Be, what's, the, what's, what's the opposite of awkward? Uh, not awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't want someone who's kind of, oh, I'm like this, because as soon as I get it, as soon as I get it, oh, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> Awkward and restless, that's good, I think. I think some of us are quite novelty seeking. I don't know about you, but I do like, I like learning new things. So I think I used to, as you just were mentioning, I think I used to be sort of propelled forward by that insecure feeling of if I can do it, then it's probably not worth doing. I better find something else to prove myself. These days, I don't really have that going on so much. What I, what I feel is just that there isn't that much time. Yeah. Like your 50-year blog, there isn't that much time. And the world is such an interesting place. Yeah. There yeah. are so many extraordinary people to, to be around and to learn from that, mm. uh, that I don't feel like I have the, the inclination <laughs> not mm. to be learning and paying attention really yeah yeah so you talk a bit about uh, dressing for yourself not trying to please anybody else just trying to express who it is that you are mm. for many of us that's quite a, a well that's a lifelong process isn't it trying to figure that one out <laughs> if anyone yeah. has figured that one out it'd be lovely to hear from them but mm. um for most of us there's a constant process of reinvention at work I think and you've mm. obviously been doing an awful lot of it in the last few years yeah how really do you keep yourself well and sane and feeling good about life when you're going through that degree of change because one thing I do know about change is that it can be enormously unsettling and can kind of throw us into a tailspin sometimes so how do you look mm. after yourself whilst you're doing all of this growing and reinventing and building a businesses you're, uh, you're kind enough to suggest or assume that I'm sane. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's not talk too much about it. I think, I think to be confident and comfortable with change, you know, if, I, if Charles Darwin was sat with us, it, it, he would go, well, of course, because it's like breathing. It's the only constant, isn't it? It's change. And mm -hmm. 
it, it's interesting. And I'm going to make a comment about this. Is come was given, you know, I'm sorry, Michael, you've got this long to live. That's change because it's, it's, it touches every area of your life. Um, but most change is not reaching every corner of your life. It touches one bit of your life. People lose their jobs and it's horrible and it's uh, destabilizing and disconcerting, but it's not the end. It's the beginning of something else. I used to have a little scrappy bit of paper stuck next to my desk with a quote from Salman Rushdie. And I can't remember the exact quote, but he mentioned endism. And -hmm. he said, endism is the thing. And I don't even know if it is a thing, and I'm probably going to misdefine it. But the quote was something around the idea that endism is such a dangerous idea because we're never really at the end or the beginning of anything. We're only in the bit in the middle. And you know what? If we accept that, and I do think he's right, I worry less because things change and start every day. The comment I was going to make about the horrible subjects I brought into the room about the finality of life and the average amount of time, blah, 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 a thousand months, we know we're going to die. So if you want to work out how long you've got to live, do a sum and have a look how long you've got. And then think, first of all, you think, crikey, that's not as long as I would like. Um, Clearly, it's going to be a bit more, a bit less. But just go for things, you know. That, That thing that you were born to do, if you believe as a young man or woman that you can be an amazing doctor, but you're kind of a bit nervous about that, you could be saving the life of someone related to you, me, or anyone that you might know. Maybe you have a responsibility to other people to do those great things, you know generosity is massively undervalued in this world i think it's one of the most important things in life so if you're going to be amazing at something you're going to make someone happy do it because it's not, you're not just doing it for you do it for other people as well <laughs> i think so many reasons many reasons for kind of tuning in to what it is that makes you tick and what you really want to be doing in the world I think that sense of finality is very important actually it's really hard to focus your mind on something sort of uh, amorphous and, and dwindling off into the distance yeah so something I like to ask every guest on the podcast is if they could suggest a little challenge that people could try Is there anything that you could think of relating to anything that we've been talking about or the work that you do that you think people might enjoy trying at home? A little thing which is easy to do, which will change you, is every time you feel yourself asking why is something so expensive, also conversely ask why certain things are so cheap. This is very important. I think the reason people don't ask why things are so cheap is because they they kind of sense they're not going to like the answer. The reason a three quid chicken is three quid is because a chicken is allowed to live in a world no bigger than a piece of A4 paper. And I don't like that answer. And because over 300,000 tons of clothing is burnt every year or buried, you know, incinerated or becomes landfill, these kind of things are linked to asking the wrong question at the point of purchase because more expensive clothing the answer should be about how long it's going to last and the fact you're going to love it more etc that's all good but the answer to the question of why are things so cheap i think a lot of the answers are so are bad you know because the workers don't get paid very much because mm-hmm. chickens are allowed to live on a world that's no bigger than the size of a and that's the truth by the way i don't like all the answers linked to that so if you're going to ask why things are so expensive 
ask why things are so cheap as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, just, I'm curious to explore that. So if inevitably in asking why things are so cheap, as you say, there are some really uncomfortable answers. But what's the positive that comes out of having that conversation with yourself? If you start regularly asking, where does that lead to that feels good? Because this is all about helping people to improve their quality of life. So how's that going to take people forward into a place that feels better? It takes you to a place called buy less and buy better. That's it. Because at the point of buying something, it's just a more considered purchase about it might be the sustainability of the product itself, how long it lasts. It might be helping a business that does more good fundamentally than another one. We want to find out why it costs a little bit more. Mm. Um, For me, it links back to what I'm doing with my brand, I suppose. If you're buying something that's super duper, it makes you feel great. And if you feel great, you'll do you'd be more confident and do better things because when billions, it is literally billions of pounds per year of clothing every year will be buried or burned. Coming back to your question, what, why should we ask this? It's to reduce that so that when we buy stuff, we wear it. Um, 80% of the clothing that most people wear, they don't wear regularly anyway. So by buying less and buying better, yeah. not only are you addressing some some issues that might be making you feel fundamentally pretty uncomfortable, like mm. environmental issues or ethical issues. Mm. But also, I guess that means that you're, you probably have a little bit less around the place. And, and a lot of us are aware of the benefits of having less mm. stuff. I mean, we're, we're, we're living in an age where there's a surfeit of information, of, yeah. of stuff everywhere. Mm. And actually, it's getting quite difficult to to do anything in our heads and in our homes because of all the stuff that we have there. So to have a bit less, but for it to be something that we feel good about. 10 years ago, I reckon if you or I looked for, you know, these storage companies where you just bung things in storage. I yeah. bet there were, well, I know there weren't as many as there are now, but there's a massive increase. And I sometimes think what a shame because we wander up the street, won't we? And see people sat with everything they own in a bag or two. And many people have got a house full of stuff and storage full of stuff. And the word stuff is what you and I have used more than once here. It's odd. We don't need, you know, as much as we think we need. It's a strange old subject. Um, it, It fascinates me. Fascinates me. Thank you, Michael. If people want to find out more about 50 Odd or about Always Wear Red or about you in general, where should they go? 50 odd is the number 550odd.co.uk and alwayswearred.com or across any of the social media platforms just to have a nosy around for always wear red um so yeah that's it it's an absolute joy to talk with you thank you michael thank you <laughs> thanks for listening If you know someone who might enjoy today's episode, please pass it on. And if you'd like to hear more from Adventures in Behaviour Change, subscribe on iTunes. Last but not least, if you'd like to help me grow the podcast, please leave an iTunes review. Each one makes a real difference. Until next time, bye for now. Adventures in Behaviour Change is brought to you by The Little Challenges Project. To find out more, visit littlechallenges.com.